Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden, holistic psychologist, astrologer, and Reiki master. On today's show, we'll be talking about how to move from trauma to triumph. And we'll be talking about how to create joy in your life. And my special guest, Om Boogie, talks about his personal journey and how he transformed his life and how he continues to work with people as a healer and assist them on their path. Today's show's inspirational, it's fun, and you'll definitely hear some very personal wisdom. So join us, here we go. Hello, hello. I'm super excited today. I have no idea what's going to happen on this show, but I know it's going to be awesome. So I am excited to introduce to you Om Boogie. And Om is a spiritual counselor, transformational coach, and healer who helps creatives and visionaries turn their trauma into triumph. He teaches us to paint life as a picture of who you are, truly are authentically, and the world will be the canvas to your colors. So welcome, Om. Hey, Kimberly. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for this invitation. And really just sharing the love that we have within outside, inside of ourselves with other people. Thank you so much. How How is everything? Everything is very good. And I just want to share with people, you know, I just met Om a few moments ago, but I told him when he was sending me information for the show, I looked at his picture and I felt so struck by the radiance, the spirit within Mm. him. And I bring that up to say to people, realize we can be open to so many things and we are so connected to people we've never even met. And I felt so connected to you, as I told you before we started, Mm. I'd never even met you or heard of you. So I just want people to keep open minds as we begin our journey together today. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Kimberly. Yeah, open minds are, are important because it, it really, um, it, it, it's important to to let the souls, you know, speak, you know, yes. and not let ourselves lock into what we think we should know or what we think we should be, who we think we should be, but just let the soul be present. Right. And um, that's really where it all matters. We right. connect on a level. And really, so the better way to probably say that for me, instead of saying open mind is open heart. Both need to be open. Yeah. Oh, both need to be open because that mind can block that heart out. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And we don't want that for anyone. But I have to ask. I have to ask because I love your name. But I want to know there's got to be a story (laughs) with a name like, oh, boy. I got to tell you, though, but before you tell you, let me tell you what it brought in my house when I discovered your name. So I'm talking to my kids and I'm Uh like. Guys, picture this ohm, the universal sound, and then boogie dance. I was like, it's got to be like spiritual vibe. I was like, get that. Yeah. So that's yes, what yes, it brings yes. to us. And we don't, we do, that's the gift that we got just from your name without even knowing you. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Well, you definitely intuitively are right into right on, um, right on that, what that, what it means. So when I was very young, I, my nickname was Boogie. My birth name is Raphael Luther Brown. Um, and when I was very young, I was always dancing. I used to dance quite a bit. 
And so whenever I did, I, I, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Um, very, um, we had a lot of trauma in terms of emotional abuse, physical abuse, and some um, uh, sexual abuse. And so dancing and performing arts was always a relief for me, but also they seemed to bring joy to other people. So every time I would dance or do something, everybody would be like, boogie, go boogie, go boogie. And I would just be like, that was the most joyful period of my childhood whenever things were happening, it was joyful. So when I was around the age of 35, um, my spiritual mentor at the time and I were going through name changes because Raphael was extremely, um, he was just in trouble. He was really troubled. And I knew that when you change your name, you change what you're calling, you know, things into existence. It's a frequency. It's a whole new identity. It's everything. So I wanted my name to be purposeful in terms of who I wanted to become. Instead of all the things that Raphael had been without giving himself a chance to even be present with a sense of unconditional love, because it was, you know, it, he was an angry, he was loving, but angry and, 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 and really um, uh, vengeful and, and in a lot of suffering and pain. So I would, I, Raphael just didn't breathe thoroughly to be healed. He was meant to truly be. And so I needed to redirect that energy into a, and channel it into a way or, or re understanding my power, my purpose truly through another form, a name. And so Om had been, I have been studying uh, Hinduism um, Buddhism, all types of different religions growing up. And Om would be something that people would resonate the most when it, when it came to me. I would wear the Om symbol on my, my clothing. I even had it on my boots. And so people would just stopped and just resonated, spoke conversational piece. And eventually I said to myself, I think that in leaving behind so much of the trauma, so much of the pain, that I need to do something that's joyful. How do I want to show up in joy at all times? And so own meaning creation and boogie meaning joy simply means that I'm now creating joy at all times in my life. And that's oh. what the name means, to create joy at all times. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's so, I knew it was going to be awesome. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be awesome. Oh yeah. man. But now I'm like, I'm like, okay, when the show's over, I want to have you, I want you to send me a clip of you dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see the boogie beats. That'll be fun. Um, yes, I hear you. Oh, too funny. But I love that. I mean, yeah. joy, because I mean, really, that's just so beautiful. I mean, yeah, thank you. Very, very powerful. And, and let's keep that energy too, because we know, you know, words have energy. Let's keep that energy. Cause I know that we're going to talk about some not joyful moments, you know, yeah. what we can learn yeah. from those struggles and from that. So, mm -hmm. You know, one of the things when you and I were talking about what do we want to discuss today, you know, was basically how do we move from trauma to triumph? Mm -hmm. Because you just talked about how you embodied that in a name change. Right. Um, so let's talk about how that whole concept has played out in your life. You know, the trauma mm. to the triumph. How did you figure out how to move? from the Raphael part that was angry and traumatized and struggling to yeah. this joyful being that you are, yeah. are now. <laughs> you know, I, um, you know, it wasn't, I feel like it was divine intervention to be quite honest because 
Um, like yourself, I had a life-threatening, I, you know, I fought with death many times, actually seven times. I had seven near-death experiences. And the sixth one, I was hit by a truck in a whole other country. I was in oh London. I was looking for a flat, a place to live. I wanted to start over. I was running away from myself, um, from my sexuality, which I'm, I, you know, I, I claim my bisexuality today, but I was deeply ashamed of it, um, having, you know, having been uh, molested growing up. And so when I was running away from that, running away from all of the things that I felt I was to be ashamed of, embarrassed by, I went to one of the country to start a new life, tried to find my brother and sister in another country and was looking for a flat. And the universe just said, you need to chill. <laughs> and the only way to listen, you know, even, like the one thing about me in terms of, we talked about astrology, I'm a Taurus rising, but also a Scorpio, kind of a Libra Scorpio, a Scorpio sun. And that's a lot of determined energy. <laughs> that's a lot mm-hmm. of willpower. And that's a lot of, it will be my way or no way. And that's a lot of control. So <laughs> I feel like the universe isn't a punishing energy, but needs to bring your attention when you know that you're in trouble and you have to kind of get back on track. And so um, for me, that was getting hit by that truck. And the truck bought me, I had to stay in London for a few months so I can be able to get on the plane to come back home. And I ran out of all my, my savings and I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and my life was just in complete turmoil. And I had nowhere to, I had left New York to go to start over in London. So I had no apartment, no place to go. I had to go back home and live with my mom. And I would, literally all of my brothers and sisters came back home and live with my mother. I did, and I, and looking at them, I was like, oh my God, I never want to do that again. I never want to do any of that. I was like, they're failures. They came back home. Only one sister never came back home. I like, I never want to be that person. And when I came back, I was like, oh my God, I'm that person. <laughs> I'm that person. I didn't want to do that. So it was just like, I can't believe this. So I came back home, but that's when the healing began. And that's when I realized where the pain was coming from. I didn't know it was childhood trauma. I didn't know that my failing career in as a performing artist and, and all the things I was doing was because of childhood trauma. I didn't know it was affecting me that much. And so the the it brought me home and it brought me back to the core essence of who I like my gifts. And I've always been extremely intuitive, psychic. I've done readings and those sort of things. And eventually found myself needing to heal the things that was causing me to um, be so angry and so upset. And that's how I how I began that process. And I was re- and it, before I went to London, I, I um, there was a homeless man who stopped me in the street. He said to me, he did. I remember it was so weird. He said to me, "You're Indian. You're Indian." I was like, "Yeah, my mother is Native American. I know this already." And she was, he was like, no, you're Indian as in from India. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> what are you talking about? And so he's like, no, you're Indian. And, I, and he gave me this book. I think he was picking up this spiritual. My, my father is part Western Indian, so I'm sure that we have some kind of tra- this traces of Indian in our fa- in a fa- in my family. But he, I think he was picking up the spiritual nexus or, or con- context of like a, a not to call myself a guru or Buddha, but some something in that in that energy, I think. And so um, he gave me this book called Healing in the Handbook. And when I came back on kind of on crutches, I went right to my storage unit and I started to read that book. And that book began to transform my life completely. And so that's how I started to to get in this journey and being able to understand 
identify the trauma and then start to see how I can almost like build, build, take what was thrown at me and start building a legacy on it. And that's when, you know, I started to take back my power instead of it speaking for me and beginning to actually show up the way that I wanted to instead of it directing me into places that I didn't want to be at and person who I didn't want to be. So, you know, that's, that's how that journey began. I was hit by a truck. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yes and no. I mean, yeah, you were hit by a truck, which yeah. is unbelievable, but I'm still back on the street with the homeless man handing you the book. I mean, that yeah. is yeah. divine intervention. I mean, yeah. and then, yeah. I mean, so much of it. I love that because when you see the synchronicities, that's mm-hmm. when you just go, oh my goodness, look at all these little pieces that happened that you could yeah. never have created for yourself, you know, right. if you were trying to. And, and in some way you did create them for yourself to find your way out. And the fact that you were given a book and then even the fact that you were able to on your own, read this book and get so much to start to make the changes, because most of the time when people read books, I got to tell you, I mean, that's usually a starting point, but not for such huge awakenings. You were so, sounds like you were so ready to just like yeah. open like a lotus flower just like yeah, so absolutely it was that was right and it, that was the pinnacle that was a time i think in the universe where the this earth was beginning to raise vibrationally because and i was a part of i think we all were a part of those upgrades um but i remember at that time the secret also came out mm-hmm. and so there was a secret there was all of this new age information in new york there was a place called east west bookstore and i was go there and now they closed it's so much history but um it was just like it was it was like the height of so much esoteric wisdom coming back and so much so i was pulled into that consciousness i was pulled into these upgrades and i did not want to turn back and it was giving me comfort the book was giving me comfort it was making me feel a belonging um and then being caught up in the new age energy that was happening with Abraham Hicks and all these other things that were going on with the secret. Mm-hmm. And people were just ultimately giving me more books that I was like, what is this? I mean, the universe is just like, people were just showing up at different jobs that I had saying, read this and read this based on conversations that I was having, that I was having with them. And I just started opening it up and more just started to come. It was like, oh my God, I'm just opening up to all of these insights that have helped me to change my life. And um, and that's why I do believe that based on my story that self-healing is is like we have the power to heal ourselves when it comes to anything. Like, um, and that's what I also get people to to step into instead of being the uh the person that I can hold space for you, but the healing is totally up to you. Oh, hundred percent. That's the huge, that's a huge point. I mean, I just want to reiterate that it is because I think, especially in our culture here in the United States, we are so programmed to give our power away to the experts, to the doctors, to whoever, to somebody else, somebody else, or to, to a medication. We'll give it to anybody or anything, as long as we don't take, have to take responsibility for it. But at the end, like you're saying, we are the only person that can take responsibility for it. And part of that responsibility mm-hmm. is understanding that we are the only ones that have the capacity to heal ourselves. That's right. It doesn't right. mean you don't go to somebody to get guidance or information, but right. at the end of the day, right. 
it has to resonate with you. And the healing comes from within, no matter what it is, your body, you know, like even when you were in the hospital, you got help from physicians and nurses, but your body did the work, you know, your body, well, internally well, had to do you the know, work. well, this is what's so interesting is that I, I felt, I felt like the hospital was failing me. I felt my, my leg was broken in two different places and it was like a shape, like a geometric shape. And it was fractured, but I can tell it was broken. I don't know what was going on. Uh, it was broken. And so, um, and I saw the picture of how the bone broke, like how it literally with a lock hit it, you can see it, how it clipped and broke. So I was, they put a cast on me and they felt like they didn't need to do any, I didn't want any other, I think it's called nails, like they nail things. I forgot what they do in terms of what they do. So I, yeah. I heard screws. I was, I heard that was very painful. So I was like, oh, God, I'm glad I didn't do that. But I can tell that when I was in the hospital in this other country, like they was not taking care of me well at all. So a friend of mine recommended an energy healer. And I went to this energy healer and I paid, I forget, $75 for him to work on that, to work on it. And I, that's when I first was like, and I never forget he was a Japanese man. And I was like, that was the first time I was like, oh, my God, like this is healing me. Like this man is resetting my bones. He actually is healing. If it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have been able to, to recover as well um, at all. Really. He literally within six months, I was, you know, it was so funny because I was so egotistical. I used to wear these, I used to have these um cowboy boots and I put an extra three inches on them. <laughs> so I was wanting to get back in those cowboy boots again and go around. Uh, you know, uh, in these hills, uh, wearing them around the world. But needless to say, uh, I was back in those boots within three months. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny! I was back in those boots for three months. I, you know, and not that I wanted to rush the process, but I was able to walk pretty quickly because I, someone who had this wisdom to heal through energy, was resetting my body where the physicians and the doctors were not able to heal. I was not able to be healed in that way. And I think that there was an agreement that I was also making with him at that time so that the energy worked itself into the process of healing itself. But when I felt the warmth from his hand and how he was moving the energy to help me heal, it was, re it was amazing. Yeah. And um, I never, I'll never forget that again. That was a moment, another transformation, another transitional moment of understanding how the, the power of energy healing and um, how to tap into that. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, I think one of the keys you said was, yes, you found the person and he gave you, he knew how to bring energy from outside to your body, but then mm -hmm. you were open and receptive to it, which is key. Mm -hmm. And then your body recognized it and knew what to do with it because we do that's, right. that's the that's thing right. people don't right. realize like if we get out of the way <laughs> if we that's get out right. of our own way our bodies are so divinely intelligent and inspired they know what you know all of our cells yeah. are just right. amazing and they yeah. communicate with each other and they know what to do right. and right. when you in a situation like that that was a beautiful example because you have somebody who knows how to harness energy from the field mm. and take mm. it and put it into your bio field for healing. And then your body sort mm. of basically soaked it up and used it as it needed to. Yeah. And I feel like it, however he pulled it, 
it felt like he had an understanding of how to harness it. That's the part that really blew my mind. Like, how is he able to harness this energy, this natural flow that is that exists, and to help me to come back to be whole and complete? That was like so shocking that he was able to have control. That was a part that I was just like astounded by. I'm um, guessing was it, he doing so, Reiki? Yeah. Was was he a Reiki? No, master? this was. No? I think he was. He might have been a Reiki yeah. master. I don't remember. I just remember it being energy healing. So and when, he touched. He was under my cast. He went into my cast, underneath the cast, and he put his hands in. Like there was enough room because my leg was so small. So he put his hands in there, and I just felt immediately this warm power moving through my body. And, you know, as you remember, as you spoke to the body knows our cells, my cells remember when my leg was not broken. <laughs> so, yes. so it somehow activated what it needed to know, what mm-hmm. it needed to remember in order for it, for me to want to, to agree to it being whole and complete again. And that's what people fail their healing because they give their power over to the pain and they give their power over to the, un- the not knowing you know, they get lost in between. This isn't working out for me. This isn't going to happen. This isn't. When our bodies, ourselves, they know the truth. They know it is. You have to be willing to move through the process of time or trend transformation like a butterfly in order to really let yourself be who you be whole and complete again. And so we go to these uh, external forces in order to, you know, which all are, however you get that you get there, there's no judgment. But um, we go to other people to solve those problems for us so much because we're impatient with ourselves and we don't understand mm-hmm. the, the way that the body works and how we need to um, have such a great relationship with the body. And I, I begin to have a, a relationship with my body, uh, such a much better relationship with my body at that point um, because of that experience. Um, I have been someone who lost almost 200 pounds uh, for, like at that point kept it off for about 20 almost 30 years um but my relationship my body has constantly changed mm-hmm. as it relates to seeing it as uh seeing it as a divine vessel mm-hmm. that is holding my spirit holding my soul allowing me to express myself rather than just me abusing it moving it you know being active sexually doing things that's just so abusive in the way that i was taught so it, it totally changed my relationship, my body. Uh, w- w- also, uh, when my leg was broken, too, it started to alter that. I used to, I used to hate my body. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to really just hate it. Well, because yeah. I think, you know what, that ha- that's very common when we experience trauma because there's mm-hmm. all that hate and anger comes into us. You know, in, in right. the, it, from other places, from other people, from that's other right. forces. And then we take it on and think it's ours. That's right. Absolutely. Start all of the things that we don't know early on is happening. You yeah. know, uh, we don't have the tools to know how to how to um, release the things that aren't ours. You know, and, you know, especially with these generational curses and these ancestral traumas. But that's what we're here for, so that we can do the work. We're in the middle of so much, uh, so much, so much of a of a storm. We have to continue to you know be the be the eye. Yes. No, I just want to tell a story based on what you just said, because that's so important. The ancestral piece. So epigenetics shows that there was a study. I can't remember who did it, but they were talking about, I think it was mice. It was either mice or rats. They, 
had them, they traumatized them by making them afraid of flowers. And I can't remember. I think they got mm. a shock when they saw the flower. And right. so now this happens to mom and dad, right? We'll just say mom and dad rat get the, right. the shock. So they're afraid of flowers and that's real. They really experienced it. And that was a trauma for them that they experienced. Right. Then they went down and they tested the offspring and guess what? Mice and rats. Well, I would just go with rats. Aren't they're not afraid of, of flowers? Obviously, it's naturally right. occurring, and they, you know, are not afraid of them. But two generations right. down, the grand, the kids, and the grandkids, when they were first exposed, not with any kind of shock, just exposed to the same flower type of wow. flower, they wow. were afraid of it. Wow! Because it's like that got encoded. Survival wise, it's like you need to be afraid of this flower because this flower is dangerous because it was a shock. That's right. And that actually got encoded and it went down two generations. And that just shows you, like you're saying. So that's why when we're doing our healing work, we're also undoing that for future generations forward and back. So that's why I want to encourage people, like with the amazing work that you've done for yourself, you've helped your ancestors, you know, and you've you've literally changed the future for people in your family that you haven't even met yet. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Thank you for that acknowledgement. And yes, right. And so are you. Yes. So are you. Yes. Doing my best. That's what I I joke with my kids. I'm like, you have no idea what I'm doing for you. (laughs) (laughs) All the work I've done, it's benefiting you. And so they laugh about it. They're like, yeah, Bob, we know it's it's for all of you. Yeah. Cause you know, but I mean, I joke about it, but I'm serious because we think about it as our work and it is our own personal work that we need to own. But when you think about it that way, you think about it in more, much more of a cosmic universal sense. Like we're doing that yeah. for so much more than ourselves. And I think for some people, when you realize that it actually is really helpful because a lot of us, we yeah. love to think about the altruism, you know, that, yeah. that like the, the love and the care for other people. So we really want to own our own and do it for ourselves. But I also want to encourage people to understand you're doing it for yourself, but you are benefiting so much more. I mean, and then we can just go take it out to the extreme and say, when you raise your own vibration, you're putting that out there. And that helps everybody that helps the universe. Yeah, It's it's like a light. You raise, Mm -hmm. you raise the light frequency. People see it clearly and they want to shine it just as brightly. So, um, so yeah, it's so it's so interesting because when we when we're here, it's beyond our own knowing, like the purpose we have to be able to shape the lives of others by simply walking in our truth. And by doing that, you're also affecting the timeline of your lineage as well. Mm-hmm. Because there you to me, I believe we are the dream of that ancestor who couldn't have the, the same uh uh who didn't have the same freedoms who didn't have the same abilities or the same uh opportunities um especially in the last few hundred years um so we have the opportunity to um really change that dynamic and to build on something that they so that you know that they begin so that we are able to um start with that connection with them but then see how ultimately we all are all one family in the human species and blending that out into everyone and we it starts with you know it's that's how it that's how it ultimately infuses and moves to the world you know so 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 yeah absolutely so beautiful so beautifully said i love that 
No, because as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, we're all energy. That's what we are anyway. We think that we're a solid form, but we're not. We're really vibrating right. at a really high That's frequency. And so when you were talking yeah. about that way, it's really, you you see it as blending all of that, you know, That's right. because we're all. That's right. So yeah. when you were talking, I was seeing when you were talking about it blending, I was like, yeah, it's like all of the vibrations just blend together in a beautiful, yeah. you know, network, yeah. quilt like yeah, network. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and that that brings me to kind of how I was able to move into my career because previous I was on so many different careers. I had, yeah, I did everything from performing artists, and I was really successful in everything that I wanted to do. Um, but it wasn't feeding me or fueling me. And then when I found the healing arts, and I've always been like in tune in healing energy. My first job was a crisis adventure when I was seventeen, so I I knew that's what I needed to be to do, but I was called to the ego in a way that I was like, no, I want to be able to be on stage, which was looking for approval and acceptance, mm-hmm. all the things that I thought a Grammy award would give me uh, to say that, you know, it was, it was worth the battle or worth the suffering, but there's nothing more um, beautiful than the healing arts that says, oh, here's where it, it has purpose <laughs> mm-hmm. beyond the vengeance. Here's where it has true meaning. I just started to say, how can I help people? And I took my I took the my experiences and started to do workshops in colleges, specifically around helping young people strategize themselves better with social media. Because I used to work in HR for doing temp work with media companies, and I saw that that young people were missing out on opportunities, especially young people who were oppressed and marginalized, because HR the, these departments will look at their social media and make determinations based on what they saw and not, which also was also could, could lead to some racism, but what they saw, they were being profiled rather than interviewing them for their talent. And so it became a warning, a society where it, it just unfair in terms of not being given the same equality. And so I would start doing these workshops to help young people understand how to shape up their social media presence to be competitive and to leverage themselves. And I love the energy of just, wanting to help others. And eventually I did a panel discussion because my my I've always been very gifted with awareness and wanting people wanting to bring awareness to people and how can you shift and change and transform and what can you do to succeed but in your way on your terms. And I kind of uh, still being in a creative mindset and performing arts mindset wanted people, uh, young people to learn not to rely on like a manager or agent um, in terms of succeeding. Because at, the, at this particular time, I did this, this, this workshop, there was a, a young, uh, a really well-known artist today who was known as Issa Ray, who has a show called Insecure, who was just coming up. And I was using her as a model to help other young people to learn, stop looking for your agent, stop looking for your manager or looking for anyone else to sign you, do it on your own, here's how. Mm-hmm. And so I put on this really big panel discussion at a university in New York City and I had industry executives and pro high profile people attend and do a panel and it was completely successful. And then I got an invitation to go to the new school, which is another university in New York City. And I met at, at a like pre-party, like a party, before the event, I met the the people who are my panel, and one of them was Jen Cass Gallon. And I immediately stepped into her space and I started to give her a psychic reading. 
And I just read her and she and I quit. And Jen, at the time, I didn't know everything I said to her was just, it just unfolded in a multitude of ways that were true, accurate, and that helped her to get on track in her life. And so Jen is an Emmy award winner. And she ultimately, because of that, just that connection, she decided to bring me into her space and it was just incredible after that. I was working with people who were featured in New York Times and people who were, had of Sesame Place and all these incredible people mm-hmm. just from a conversation of me saying, here's what I'm sensing and here's how I can help you. Here's, you know, in co- communicating. And so I just surrendered to this has to be my calling my path. This feels great. This feels good. I feel acknowledged but in the way that I'm feeding my soul, not looking for acceptance or validation. And I also am really present in the way that I want to help other people without trying to worry about finances or worry about um, all these other things that come with just survival. I'm actually feeling like I'm going to be okay. And so I just surrendered to it. And it has been, that was 2013. It has been eight years since if my math is right yes eight years <laughs> since, uh, since that since i've done this and have um been extremely successful in the process so that's how i ended up getting into the healing arts and eventually i stopped doing readings for people because people were coming to me wanting me to to tell them everything and i felt wrong about it i just said you know you're creating your life it's not actually me so you shouldn't give me that power to tell you what to do you should be learning how to create your life and how to actually get in the driver's seat instead of like looking at all the conditions in your life, letting them drive you somewhere you don't want to be at. Mm-hmm. How do you get back in the driver's seat? So then I ultimately was like, I have to stop the readings and start coaching. And so I just went into that transformation and went through that process and became a coach. And I, I was, you know, pretty, pretty biased in terms of who I wanted to coach because I was like, I just, I want to just coach creatives because I love creatives and I love visionaries <laughs> and I'm going to be completely biased. I don't care. And so um, I dedicate my practice to the creative mind because I feel the creative, the creatives are most misunderstood, especially because they're so intuitively led and emotionally based that everything is just not so figurative and not so easy and so logical. And I know that energy. And so I dedicate my practice, but I'm open. I work with all types of people. I work with people in the financial industry. I work with people in corporate America. I work with all healers. I work with people who, who want me to help them to develop their voice, who are like literally the next Abraham Hicks. So, but in that process, I love dedicating my practice to creators because they're so misunderstood, I feel. And so I help them deal with their childhood wounds because it's what's keeping them limited and keeping them in a space of being so small, like caged in, uh, because they haven't processed processed things in a way that they can change their perspective about those wounds and start healing them. But they're still like putting a bandaid over it and thinking it's going to be okay and going through life and trying to measure their success with being good enough and all types of things that are stopping them from actually knowing that there's a bigger, there's a bigger purpose to their life. So I do that with a lot of creatives anyone who steps in the space of me who wants to really be challenged by taking their trauma and turn into something triumphant 
by developing their voice, by seeing themselves truly who they really are, and then seeing the vision lead, uh, the vision that creation has given them be birthed in the world in its fullness without even worrying about finances, but knowing that how to attract that, you know, vibrationally, how to bring it into your space um, and to do that, to do that with, without apology. So that's where everything kind of um, has come to my life right now. And it comes in terms of who I am, what I bring to the world. Wow. Well, that's so much. So I have about three things to go back to. <laughs> you said so many things I liked. I hope I should have written it down. I like there are so many things I want to go back to. I want to actually just honor the one of the first things you said when you were telling the story about what you did when you were meeting people at the school when you were going to give your talk. I think what I love about it is first of all, you know, they say when the student appear, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, yes. you know, and you have to kind of put yourself out there. But what I loved that you did is you just went and did the action. You know, we talk about being open. You were open. You went, and I feel like you went with a pure intention. You went with a yes. pure intention and it was not to manipulate. It was to have a conversation. And so because yes. you went with a pure intention and a loving heart and had that conversation, the alignment that needed to occur was able to occur. That's right. And, yes. and I think that's one of the things people need to realize is you know, we want, you know, all of us have different wants, needs, et cetera. But when you want something and you're trying to manipulate and control it into happening, yes. Yes. that's yes. such a different thing than it being is. in the moment and being pure and right. being open enough to take the chance to have the conversation or to send the email or to do whatever it is, the next action that the person needs to take. And I, I applaud you for the fact mm. that you did, first of all, that you did that, but that you stopped doing the readings because you realized that people need to do their own work. Yeah. And, okay. and that, if that doesn't tell people that you're not about the money that you're about help really truly helping people. Mm. I mean, because people love to pay money to be told, that's right. you know, that's right. like see yeah. the future, because most of us are so blocked that we don't have yeah. access. We all have the ability to be intuitive and to be psychic, but most of us are very blocked. I know for myself, it's something I've been working on the last several years and I've gotten better at it. But prior to that, it was completely closed off to me. I had no access to it until I turned and realized I wanted to actually, you know, work right. on that and open to it. But so I think what I, I really wanted to mention too, is that you did that be, and in working with you as a life coach, I love that because it says, I have the gifts I can guide you because I can see what's there, but the choice, it goes back to your spirit and yeah. karma and what's the free will you have free will. And the way that you're doing yeah. it is honoring that people need to make the choice themselves. That's, That's right. because they're going to be the one that has to have the karma associated with the choices that they make. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So I yeah. think that's just so powerful that you didn't, that just shows how strong your spirit is that you didn't get swept mm -hmm. up in the, right. the fact that you have those abilities, like some, like it like yeah. can happen. Yeah. So and the truth, I heard, yeah, some people do do that. They rely on that and they, they want, they feel I've experienced this from a lot of uh, well-known people too. They, they feel empowered. They, they use it as a power, like a power dynamic, you know, mm -hmm. a force power that I know and you want to know from me. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'll keep it very clear. No, you don't know anything that I don't already know. Right? <laughs> Who are you to know what I don't know within myself? 
And everybody has that ability to know within themselves what they should be doing. And I, even my clients today will make some really bold moves that I'm like, intuitively, I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be, in, they're going to be in trouble. But then once I let it go and give it to like, give it to the universe to guide them to whatever they want to be doing. My recent client, she did a, one of my two, I have two clients who did a huge show recently, an open studio show. Both of them, one of the clients was struggling whether they should pack up and go back to Nashville or stay in New York. And I was like, I can tell intuitively something was going to break through, but I was not given all of the insight to because I can tell that I don't feel comfortable tapping into that because they need to make this choice themselves. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, I felt more of concern that they did stay because it seemed like they were going to be in financial turmoil. So I was all like, you need to leave. You need, <laughs> you need to leave. <laughs> but then I waited in their spirit. This is why your spirit knows, you know? So their spirit said to stay. And they stayed. And someone from the Wall Street Journal came to their show. And we have been working on getting someone from like the New Yorker, because she this artist loves like that whole uh, graphic animation sort of thing. They want to be in the New Yorker. So when the Wall Street Journal came in, we, I was like, look what you manifested. You did it. <laughs> so it was such a triumphant moment to take that power and to choose and to say, I did this. I created this. I mm -hmm. desired this. I manifested this with love, you know, with love. And that is such a powerful story that you just, you know, told us. But that also reminds me of the fact that when we talk about taking your trauma, you know, releasing it and moving to triumph, one of the other things I want to talk about is it's not a destination. You're not done. You know? That's right. So right. Can, let me just ask, so ask, ask you, so we're constantly evolving. So can you talk about, you know, as people are making these changes and they're seeing the triumphs that, that happen, how do you help people to continue from there? Mm. So if I'm, if I'm hearing accurately, it's, once they are continuing their milestones or creating milestones in their lives, how do you continue to keep building on those milestones, right? How do you continue to keep, well, inspiration. Okay. So ultimately you don't, you, you want to, for me, I feel like, fuck it. If you're going to do something, do it big. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's, there's never, there's never an ending to what we can create. Right. I think that if you look at works and works of art, there's like you don't know an artist, a single artist for one piece of work. You have to keep creating more masterpieces. Otherwise, you're not creating at all. So what else can you do? What else? What other stories do you want to shape? Look at like Walt Disney, for instance. Right. What other stories do you want to shape? How what other ways do you want to um, decide for yourself? You know, here's based on different stages of my transformation. Here's you know, what I want to show up as in my life and how I want to get things out there for the world to experience as me, but share from my heart because I get to do that as a creator. And so you, we're constantly, it, it's so interesting. I'm working with one client for uh, our second, our third year. And it's so interesting how things are coming up, deeper things are coming up. She's doing this She's got invited to this to, uh, I shouldn't give away her, I'm excited for her, but she got invited to do this, ex to propose this huge event, almost like if you, I don't know if you ever remember when New York City had 
the saffron, it was like all over the world. New York had the, like these, the saffron orange colored exhibit in Central Park. Well, mm-hmm. it's huge. It's big like that. Like to me, it's big like that. She was invited to do something huge for part of New York City. And she's pulling from her experience of being raped to actually create something for that exhibit. So it's just like, that's taking that trauma to something triumphant. Like for me, everything in my life was someone said that they had the power. Any Like for me, the Olympics that I watched, that I love to watch is the Paralympics. Like people who have disabilities, like try, let me, they've been at a disadvantage. So it's just like knowing that you can take something and use it to help others to say, you're not alone. But he is, but not only that you're not alone, you can do something with that shit. You could actually take it and help somebody turn a life around. Because without me seeing that for myself, I wouldn't even I would not be able to know how to do it for myself or how to even stand in my power or to feel empowered or to no longer be a victim or to no longer decide that other people can make decisions for me where I don't have a voice for myself. So taking all of that and just saying. I'm going to turn this into a miracle because our miracle is where is where the journey can keep going. And you can have countless blessings, countless miracles, countless uh, love affairs with life um, in terms of what you want to create. So it doesn't stop. It's just more, more and more uh, being able to just have a voice and put out there. How else can I be present in me as a creator and using my story to help others in the process? That's so beautiful. And I love that you talked about the power of it because when we all, when we're aligned in our, in our true power, you know, our mind, our body, our spirit, emotions, when we're truly in alignment and we are connected to the divine within us, then we realize that it is, we are limitless. We are ageless. We just can constantly transform. And I say that not to overwhelm people, but for people to understand, like you really are boundless. Like you really can do these things. You don't need to put a, a, a ceiling on yourself. That's and, right. And when you embrace that and you understand that you are absolutely will be in awe of your, of your own power, yes, your own abilities, that's right. that's you know, right. you know, that ceiling is because the world has made that decision for us, you know, almost like we can only have so much and that's just so not true. Or bees, but so much. Um, the dynamic of what's changing right now. First of all, looking outside of the looking past that one-dimensional view of I can only be this person or I can only do this thing, and embracing a multi-dimensionalist, embracing that you can not. I wouldn't say wear many hats, but that you can go through transformations and have multiple colors in your transformation. In these transformations that you may be a pink butterfly with magenta tones and yellow flurries and all types of things and then turn into something blue and do that everything is just so beautifully entwined. There is no, it's, it's, there is no uh, need to be perfect or a need to figure out how to stay in this narrow-minded lane of here's how I need to move in order to get somewhere, but just embrace the full spectrum of everything that you are and to and to really move in life that way um and i think that's what people really uh are starting to understand and wake up to 
you know, because we're living in a world now where you have to, you have an entrepreneurship, you have a podcast, you have a practice, you have it, and, and not being like, I need to be a VP for the rest of my life in one position and not do anything outside of that. But all of who you are as creation can experience so much without feeling a loss of, well, how does that work? Or how does this happen? Or will I make money from it? Or will this take place? But just like, it all works itself out once you embrace yourself, once you truly embrace and embody your most dimensionalness. Yes, I love that. I mean, that's so true. Really embracing who, like we started out saying in the very beginning, I mean, embracing completely who you are and right. taking that, you know, into the world. And I think that's right. I think that's a perfect place for us to stop and start thinking about what we want to create for our sparks of wisdom today sparks of wisdom oh 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 sparks of wisdom oh 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 oh. okay om boogie we have had lots of conversation today so i would love to hear what your sparks of wisdom are yeah you know i feel for my for me the spark of wisdom is to tell your own story you are not your conditions. You are not what you survive. You are not the trauma. You're not the victimhood. You are the story that needs to be heard. How do you want to show up and tell it your way and not let the conditions or the trauma or the victimhood tell it for you? So once you step into that, you can then change not only yourself, but the world in such a huge way because you decided to tell your story and to own your voice and give yourself permission to really show up for yourself the way you know you intend and to do it unapologetically. So I feel like you get a chance to tell your story. You should. Oh, love it. And unapologetically, we'll just add that. I love that. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Om Boogie, for joining me today for this podcast. Thank you, Kimberly. And I'm just really honored to um, and grateful um, for this opportunity to be with you this uh, today. Well, thank you. And I really would love for you to share with people how they can get a hold of you and the services that you do, because I'm sure after listening to you talk, they're going to understand that you are someone who has a tremendous amount of wisdom, a loving mm. heart, and just so much to share to guide mm. people. So let's have it. How can people find <laughs> you and how can they work sure. with you? Absolutely. Well, I'm on Instagram at omboogie, O-M-B-O-O-G-I-E. But also, we wanted to email me directly. My email is radicallovehealz, as in H-E-A-L-S, at hushmail.com. I love and that. I love that. Yes. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, we love radically. We heal radically. We show it radically, just for change. And, um, you know, my work really encompasses a lot of transformation. So if you want, I, I, so one of my clients told me, I'm like, I'm like the beanstalk from Jack and the Beanstalk. Wherever you get on, I can take you there. So it's just, like, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just it, it, which is a little bit very vague, but to be honest, it is a gift to have awareness to take you to where you want to be in life. So if you do reach out, just be prepared to, 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 to get to know the true you, to really see who you truly are. Uh, to really understand that whatever your vision is, it's attainable. 
as long as you're willing to go through the transformation to be able to get to that vision, to see yourself rise to that level of the occasion, um, to have the voice that you know you've been hiding or silencing, uh, to be able to show up unapologetically and be true to yourself authentically, be prepared for that because that's what's going to happen. And if you especially have a project or an idea that you want to get out there, if you've been suffering with feeling incapable and, not, and uncertain in terms of your decision-making processes and not communicating your needs and, you know, all of that, because, you know, you're a visionary, because, you know, you're creative, because, you know, there's a bigger something that's waiting to come out, please contact. I'm perfect for that work. And don't be afraid of uh, what can happen because that's exactly when you will emerge as your greatest self. So feel free at any time. Um, I'm always open. I do have group courses that I'm looking to get out there in 2022. Finally trying to see uh, myself spread my wings in that way. Um, don't know what the name of them are, but they will be like four or five week courses, nothing too deep but helping people to really have uh, a basis, a foundation of real change and giving them the tools to be able to take that and level up in their lives for years. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun to do. So I'm looking forward to that. But if you have any questions, if you even want to just reach out to say hello, because you heard the podcast and you just want to say hi, feel free. I'm always just, I love communicating. Oh, thank, well, thank you again. And and that's what you do. You create joy. You can't help it. That's your namesake. <laughs> and there you are doing Indeed. it everywhere you go in many different ways. So yeah, I mean, what's better than that? That's, that's awesome. So take him up on that. But I loved the, I loved the, the clarity of you saying, basically you're going to see things and you're going to be prepared for it because it, to transform there's a process and you can't unsee right. it. So get ready for the ride because that's right. It's an adventure. Yeah. Isn't that what life's supposed to be? That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. Okay. Well, till next time, be yeah. you, be love, be present. <laughs>